Now, it's time for the Cybersecurity News Bite with Jim Guckin. Thanks for joining us for another Cybersecurity News Podcast for February 28th, 2022. Social media hijacked malware spreads through gaming apps in the Microsoft Store. New flaw discovered in Cisco's network operating system for switches. Nine-year-old unpatched email hacking bug discovered in Horde webmail software. And hackers attack unpatched Microsoft SQL database servers. Now, if you're a fan of the Microsoft Store, well, you need to be paying attention here. Because there's a new malware capable of controlling social media accounts that is being spread through the Microsoft official app store. Uh, right now, it's, a, it's infecting about 5,000 Windows machines in Sweden, Bulgaria, Russia, Bermuda, and Spain. It, it's called ElectronBot. Uh, and the Electron Bot's actually a reference to the command and control domain that it's using in its recent attacks. While there's no official attribution of what group is doing this, uh, cybersecurity company Checkpoint is suggesting that it could be based out of Bulgaria. So Electron Bot is a modular SEO poisoning malware. It's used for social media promotion and click fraud. It's being distributed by the Microsoft Store via dozens of infected applications, mostly games, which are constantly being uploaded by the attackers. Now, Electron Bot started out as an ad clicker back in October of 2018. It was, uh, at the time, used as a form of Google Photo app on the store. The malware is said to have undergone many iterations that equipped the malware with new features and evasive capabilities. It's designed to load payloads fetched from the C2 server at the time it runs, making it a lot more difficult to detect because the, you know, the malicious code isn't actually in the game or the application that's pretending to be an application. It enables attackers to modify the malware's payload and change the bot's behavior at any given time. So what does this current attack do? Well, it opens a hidden browser in a window in order to carry out SEO poisoning, generates clicks for ads, directs traffic content to hosted YouTube and SoundCloud, promotes specific products to generate profits with ad clicking or increase store ratings for higher sales. So how does it actually work? So the users download one of the affected applications from the Microsoft store. It loads the game, but also stealthily drops and installs the next stage, a dropper, via some JavaScript. Uh, it identifies any potential threat to itself, you know, from software such as Kapersky Labs, ESET, Norton, Webroot, Sophos, F-Secure, so any kind of antivirus or any malware it looks for. And then once it either evades detection or gets around it, it then proceeds to fetch the actual bot malware. Now, the list of game publishers and published malware-laced applications right now is as follows. It's called Loopy Games, Crazy for Games, Jojo Co. Games, Ashy Games, Goo Games, and Bizcom Case. So if you have any of these applications, please make sure you get them off your computer and you do everything possible to you know, remove it. And then just, as always, be careful of what you're downloading because that can be what opens yourself up to stuff like this. And so these, these look like games. They play like games. They're games, but it's what's underneath them. Uh, and it's crazy that these malicious actors are going and keep re-uploading the games over and over again as they get taken down, showing that, you know, they can kind of 
continue to beat this over because once you download it, you're you're infected. If you're using one of the Cisco switches, you may want to pay attention to this next one. Cisco has released updates for four security vulnerabilities, and the impacted switches are the Nexus. 3000 series switches, the Nexus 5500 platform switches, the Nexus 5600 platform switches, the Nexus 6000 series switches, and the Nexus 9000 series switches in standalone NXOS mode running Cisco NXOS software that may have the NX API feature enabled. So that's a lot of caveats for that last one. So let's talk about these. So the first one we're going to talk about here is CVE 2022-2650, which has a CVSS score of 8.8 out of 10. It's a command injection flaw in the NX API feature of Cisco NXOS software. It stems from a lack of sufficient input validation of user-supplied data. So an attacker could exploit this vulnerability by sending a crafted HTTPS or HTTP POST request to the NX API of an affected device. This could allow attackers to execute arbitrary commands with root privileges on the underlying operating system. Now, the second and third of these security vulnerabilities you need to pay attention to is CVE 2022-2624 and CVE 2022-2623, so 623 and 624, uh, both with a CVSS score of 8.6 out of 10, these are high-severity denial-of-service bugs in the NXOS found in the Cisco Fabric Service over IP, CFSOIP, and bidirectional forward detection, BFD, traffic functions. So CVE, I'm not going to read the whole thing, 2624, which was reported to Cisco by the uh, U.S. National Security Agency uh, impacts Nexus 3000 and 9000 series switches and UCS 6400 ser series fabric interconnects, assuming that the CFSOIP is enabled. Now, the other one, 2623, only affects the 9000 series of switches that have the BFD toggled on. And finally, for the final one, CVE 2022-2625, which has a CVSS score of 4.3 out of 10, so less severe. But it does have a denial-of-service vulnerability, uh, and this is in the Cisco Discovery Protocol of the Cisco FXOS software and Cisco NXOS software. It allows for an unauthenticated adjacent attacker to cause the service to restart resulting in the denial of service attack. So if your switch is restarting, obviously you can't use it. Uh, Cisco said that it's not aware of any public announcements or any malicious use of the vulnerabilities, but they are still highly recommending that you patch those systems as quick as possible. Once again, that's the Nexus 3000, the Nexus 5500, the 5600, the 6000, and the 9000. If you have any of these in your environment, please patch them as quick as possible. Now, if you're like a lot of the internet and you use a domain hosting service, they usually give you a free email system to check your email that they give you. Well, most of that's going to be based on Horde or one of the free softwares. But if you're using Horde and you're not familiar with what Horde is, Horde is a free all-volunteer project. It is a browser-based communication suite 
which allows users to read, send, organize email, as well as manage and share calendars, tasks, notes, files, and bookmarks. So it's like the free version of Outlook uh, that you're probably familiar with. But it said a lot of people use this for uh, registering domain names and having a free mail service with it. So users of the Horde webmail service are being urged to disable a feature. And it's not even a new feature. It's a feature that was nine years ago that was uh, added. Uh, it's a nine-year-old unpatched security vulnerability, and it could be used to gain access to email accounts simply by previewing an attachment. Now, this flaw was introduced as part of a code change pushback uh, in November 30th, 2012. It's a cross-site scripting flaw, also known as a persistent cross-XSS, uh, cross-site scripting, something I apparently cannot say, uh, that allows an adversary to craft an open office document in such a way that when it's previewed, not even open, just previewed, it automatically executes a JavaScript payload. So the attacker can steal all the emails a victim has sent and received. Now, the more dangerous part of this is if the user is an administrator, such uh, an account takeover obviously can allow for the takeover of the entire webmail server. Now, this was originally reported to the project managers of Horde back on August 26, 2021, but as of now, there's still no dates that or there are no patches that have been pushed to this date. Now, in the interim, what you can do to protect yourself and what Horde Webmail urges users to do is you can disable the rendering of open office attachments by editing the... So you have to go into the, the, the server, go to the config, and then there's a file called mime underscore drivers.php, and you want to add the disabled to the true configuration option to office... OpenOffice uh, MIME handler. Now, if you do that, then it will not automatically preview those attachments and hence you will save yourself. But this is a bug that's been around for a while. It's out there now. People are aware of it. It's not a very complex one to pull off. So protect yourselves and make sure that you go in and uh, disable that ability to preview OpenOffice. And for our final stories, a story that I never thought I'd have to say... Malicious actors are attacking vulnerable internet-facing Microsoft SQL servers in a new campaign to deploy Cobalt Strike malware. So they're brute-forcing and using dictionary attacks against poorly managed servers. I, I don't understand why you'd have a poorly managed server facing the internet. So, uh, if you're not familiar, Cobalt Strike is a commercially available, full-featured penetration testing framework which allows an attacker to deploy what is called a beacon on the victim's machine. The beacon grants the operator remote access to the system. And why I'm saying this is a commercially available, there are cracked versions available by malicious actors or, or modified versions that are out there. So uh, AHN Lab Security Emergency Response Center uh, has identified actors scanning port 1433, which is the SQL port, to check for exposed uh, SQL servers to perform brute force and dictionary attacks against the system administrator account and attempt to log in. Once they get in, they spawn a Windows command shell via the MSSQL SQL server.exe process, which then allows them to download the next stage of the payload that houses the encoded Cobalt Strike binary onto the system. 
Ultimately, the malware decodes the Cobalt Strike executable. It starts injecting itself into the Microsoft build engine process, which we talked about in the previous uh, show, uh, to filelessly deliver remote access trojans and password stealing malware on the on the targeted windows machine in addition they uh, make some configurations to evade detections by security software it achieves this by pretty much loading a dll file for uh, wan media manager and then right in the beacon into the memory area of the dll as the beacon is what receives the attacker's command and performs the malicious behavior, it does not exist in a suspicious area of memory and instead operates in, in a normal mode and it bypasses memory-based detection. So, I mean, one, if you have SQL servers that are facing the internet, I, I implore you... Well, I mean, honestly, I don't even say SQL, but SQL you know, is because it's part of the story... But any server that you have facing the internet, whether it is something on-prem that you have open up to the internet, or it is just cloud-based, and you have ports open to exchange data between systems, make sure that is heavily, heavily locked down and monitor it. You should be at least looking at your traffic to see what is hitting it. Uh, almost always, the second you put something out on the internet, especially with a known port like 1433, there are going to be people immediately starting to scan that and immediately start taking action to try to get into it. People are scanning the internet all the time. And as soon as a new port opens, they're on it. I used to see it a bunch in previous uh, experience I had with other companies. You open a port and within a set given period of time, depending on how big of a target you were, you would start seeing people scan that or people just scanning your IP ranges constantly to see what opens so, if you're putting out there, make sure it is secured, make sure it is hardened, make sure the password cannot be guessed by a dictionary attack. Make sure it is complex. And do whatever you can to monitor that so that when something does log in, who shouldn't be logging in. So, let's say an admin logs in, and you're not expecting an admin to log into that server, that there's some kind of alert generator. Someone should be notified. Because that's the way you catch these people. They come in, they use those... You know, they brute force through the admin password. The admin logs on. I mean, one, I, I, I recommend not using an admin account. But if you have one, get notified when it is there so you protect yourselves. Um, it's very important nowadays. You cannot put anything onto the internet. Whether you think someone's going to see it or not. Because people will scan for it. Without it being as hardened as possible. And I understand that you know, some things have to, data has to flow. But make sure that is secure. Because someone will take advantage of it. You've been listening to the Cybersecurity News Byte with Jim Guckin. Learn more about our show at cybersecuritynewsbyte.com. 